In this episode, I talk with Grace, a second-year medical student. She talks about her experiences shadowing prior to medical school that helped her realize her drive and passion for medicine. We talk about the takeaways and lessons learned during the first year of medical school and the excitement of starting her first clerkship on psychiatry. Grace has had opportunities in the past to work on curriculum development during undergrad, and we talk about the importance of incorporating the perspective of the learner in developing medical school curricula. She also talks about her work in healthcare consulting prior to medical school and how this helped her better understand the physician perspective in clinical decision-making. Welcome, Grace. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, It's great to have you and great to have you share your story. First, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, So my name is Grace Heron. I am uh, just starting my second year of med school at Michigan. Originally from Minnesota, born and raised there. Most of my extended family is still there. So that's kind of home for me. Went to school at Dartmouth, and then after graduation, spent a couple years working in Boston. So I was working in healthcare consulting, and then after that, applied to med school, and and here I am today. Um, Well, tell me a little bit more about your journey to medicine. What um, made you decide to become a physician? Yeah, I don't, I I was trying to think about, like, if I had a concise answer to this, and I, I don't think there was, you know, one specific moment. I think it was, you know, a series of steps that kind of each confirming the one before it that you know first this was something I was interested in then it was something I could kind of see myself doing but when I was in high school I volunteered at one of the hospitals in St. Paul Minnesota and I was working with the um, PMNR team a lot of patients who were doing both inpatient rehab as well as outpatient rehab and I, my main job was just bringing the patients to and from their appointments, particularly the inpatients um, who had to go down and have either different um, medical treatments or had different physical therapy, occupational therapy, um, et cetera. And I loved being with the patients. It was, you know, short amount of time here and there, but it was great to see every Thursday when I volunteered, you'd see them week to week how much they improved. I thought it was just so... It was so startling almost to see the progress a person could make in one week with the different types of treatments they were getting. And so I think from that moment, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. I I didn't know what that was yet, but I liked being in the environment. I liked being a part of the process of seeing the patients improve. Um, And so after that, when I got to college was when I started um, doing some shadowing at the hospital um, there and got to see couple different professions. I did shadowing with an NP. Um, I shadowed a physician and or a couple of physicians. And I think it was there that I, I shadowed one urologist in particular, I remember. And I just really enjoyed watching and seeing how he interacted and engaged with both patients and also parents. So he was mostly working with the pediatric population. And it was just really, I think, remarkable to see how dynamic he was in communicating you know from one set of um, one patient and their parents to another everyone's in there for a slightly different reason but just seeing how he kind of adapted his communication style not only to what their family dynamic was but also the patient and if the patient was or was not engaged you know different interaction with a two-year-old versus an eight-year-old who can kind of engage with you in the conversation and then also just seeing how excellent he was at 
teaching both patients and also their families about, you know, why they were in here, what procedure might be indicated for them. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very great show of someone who had a really limited amount of time with patients being able to make a really positive impact on the patient, but also their family from start to finish in that 15 minutes we were in them in the clinic visit. And I just even recently now and going through some experiences with my mom's own health and and different providers she's had, I think I've really come to appreciate how valuable that is for someone when you do have such a short amount of contact time with them to be able to provide them with what they feel like is a positive interaction where they're heard, their concerns are addressed, and they understand the information you're delivering. So I think it was really that shadowing experience where I was like, I, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. And I think it's, it's, medicine in particular and being a physician that is what speaks to me the most kind of for those reasons yeah um so what has your experience been like in medical schools so far i know you're um in your second year so here at u of m that's like our clinical year um so tell me a little bit about what it's been like um, going through first year and starting second year yeah so first year was definitely a whirlwind um and it went by very quickly so from july to July, pretty much, um, we had all of our preclinical training, which um, I was I was concerned would be very overwhelming. Um, I had been I was two years out of undergrad, so it had been a while since I had done you know lecture, studying, taking tests. So I was a little worried about that. But I think honestly, it comes so quick and so fast that you kind of just hit the ground running, and everyone gets into the swing of things and finds their own way that they operate, how they watch the lectures, how they study, how they prepare for the quizzes and exams. So coming into first year was apprehensive about that. But I think, you know, by, you know, a month in or so, you kind of adjust to the the flow of the week and how it goes. Um, it was definitely overwhelming at times, but I think a great part of Michigan is that it is pass-fail. So even on weeks when, you know, maybe you're getting a little beat down by a lot of lecture or you have a lot of other things going on outside of the coursework, you have a little bit of flexibility to, um, you know, get to where you need to be without feeling that pressure to be, you know, shooting for 100% or something like that. So that that was a really nice aspect of first year. And then I think the other, like, main thing first year was just learning how to adjust to a different style of learning where there's so much information so 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 much information and it's not realistic to try to memorize every little thing and so it's trying to understand and really distill down what's going to be the most critical information to know and how can you like understand certain things like how can you understand citric acid cycle without having to memorize each you know component part so that you can sort of derive aspects of it when, when asked about it. So, and, and you know, there, there obviously is memorization inherent in medicine and that's, that's par for the course. But I think that was new was just understanding, like, especially coming from undergrad, where I think you're given information, you know, a lot of information at a time, but in digestible enough pieces where you can sort of learn and fully understand and memorize it all but here there's just so much it comes so fast yeah. and so just adjusting to it's not the expectation that you memorize and learn everything and that's yeah. why you see it again and you see it again so that was the biggest takeaway I think from first year and probably um once I got a little more comfortable with like that type of learning I think it was um 
a little like easier to approach generally but mm-hmm. I had I had a great time first year I think just the curriculum itself creates a lot of flexibility to do things you want to do and and to make your own time and to be a little more flexible and granted it's still very like rigorous and challenging and there were weeks when you're just feeling swamped but at the same time I think you have a lot of breathing room that was really nice um, and opportunities to create that breathing room for yourself with the flexibility so you know maybe you just need a day off and so you don't watch the lectures that are technically scheduled for that day but that's fine as long as you get them done in your own time yeah that is really nice about first year I think the flexibility of it um but like you said it's still like so much coming at you like it's it's a lot first year for sure and I think things kind of start to click a little more during second year which is our clinical year and you can pull things from first year that you know you can apply clinically but I think things from first year didn't really come together for me until I studied for step one. And that was when I was like, you know, I have two years under my belt, one clinical, one preclinical. And now I can kind of put the pieces together and understand this a little bit more. So I think it's, it's really right to say that like you have to learn things and they, you learn them multiple times over and over until they start to really click and you can get the, the gist of them and how you can apply them clinically, I think is the most valuable. So it sounds like you're potentially interested in internal medicine. Is that correct? I, I, have always maybe thought that I would Mm -hmm. want to do internal medicine mostly because I have been in an OR once and I (laughs) am a relatively queasy person. Um, But I now, even after just having like two weeks of clinical year under my belt, I I kind of have no idea. I think that's really exciting. I think my initial interest in internal medicine um, was really predicated on the fact that most of the experiences I'd had shadowing physicians and engaging with medicine had all been within the realm or umbrella of non-surgical specialties. So not even specifically internal medicine, but just non-surgical. So that's kind of where my initial interest was peaked. But again, I think even like having just this week, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how my interests branch after that. Yeah. So do you, so you're on psychiatry right now and mm-hmm. how's that been going so far? It's been going great. So I am halfway through the four week psychiatry clerkship. I did two weeks on the consult service at the hospital and now I'm on outpatient service. So mm-hmm. it's a mixture of um, outpatient visits as well as getting to work with the um, PES, the psych emergency um, service, as mm-hmm. well as some other um, sessions like going to ECT, going mm-hmm. to CBT sessions. And so getting kind of a better, more comprehensive view of what psych can encompass. And I think I, I have honestly been so pleasantly surprised because I – I, I have never thought that, you know, psychiatry in particular was something I was like especially interested in. It wasn't something I, you know, wasn't interested in. But even after this week, I really enjoyed the consult service and consult medicine in general, being able to work on a very specific problem for a specific patient and being able to kind of focus your energy and attention on helping resolve that specific problem for them. Um, kind of being able to work hand in hand with the primary team, respond to any changes that they're seeing and they make. So I really enjoyed that. And I think on the consult service in particular, you get a great view of a couple different types of patients. You have you know, patients who are you know, maybe primarily a medical patient that have a specific psychiatric concern, whether it be, can we optimize this med while they're in the hospital, for example. And then you have patients who have primarily you know psychiatric concerns and may be pending inpatient um, hospitalization but aren't yet medically stable so you kind of get to see the spectrum of how you might treat psychiatric patients 
um, in the hospital and the different types of um, conditions you might see. Um, plus, you just get to see, or plus, I think it's very helpful to keep in mind that a lot of patients you work with, regardless of the service, are going to have some sort of mental health or psychiatric or might have some sort of um, mental health or psychiatric condition that may or may not affect their current medical condition, but might be a part of their current treatment. And so it's just, I think, really good to be able to be cognizant of how that affects their day-to-day functioning. For sure. It's really good to be open-minded second year as well and to really take each rotation that you do and um, think about it seriously. And, um, you know, I think that makes you enjoy second year a lot more too as well. Do you kind of, can you kind of anticipate like what sorts of experiences that will help you in making your choice in your future specialty or what are some of your, your goals for your future career? I think in terms of goals for future career, after this week, I think, or after these two weeks, some of the things I really enjoyed were being able to see patients multiple days in a row. Mm -hmm. And so I think at least for my future career, I could anticipate having some sort of practicing some sort of setting where I'm at least able to have a longitudinal experience with patients, whether that's even just for like a few months or if it's longer term over years. I think ideally I liked the aspect of getting to know a little bit better the patient by the end of the time, but given the nature of consults, you're not really seeing patients for that that long. And so I think in terms of future goals, some sort of some sort of um, practice where I'm able to have maybe a little more longitudinal contact. I think it just, even by like the end of a week with a patient, I feel like you know so much more about them and are like so much better able to gauge their mood day to day based on how you saw them the previous couple days. And it just, it, it feels like you're able to be a better provider for them than you were on the first day. And so I, I really like that aspect of it, of getting to know them, getting to know the different patients a little bit better. I do want to ideally at some point in my future be in an academic setting. Um, I've liked the aspect of having, you know, the attendings, the residents, and then me, the med student, and all kind of working together. The spirit of um, wanting to learn more and, and being in that type of environment is really cool and something that I would want to be a part of, you know, once I'm in a future career. But other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't have too, too many other things in mind. I, I do think I would want to do some sort of research in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't anticipate I would want to do like basic science research, but some sort of clinical or outcomes-based research might be of interest to me one day, even if it's just looking at also, I'm also interested in like the insurance and coverage side of, of patients and how that influences outcomes. And so being able to be involved in that, but would really ideally just like to see myself in some sort of longer term or longitudinal probably clinical setting, yeah, but I know, exactly. who, who knows, yeah, who knows. Yeah. You're definitely still early in your career too, so it's like lots of time to figure things out. Um, I think it's always good to have like ideas of like things that you're passionate about or want out of your career as well. And I know he mentioned that you're like interested in like curriculum development and medical education as well. And, and tell me about your like previous experiences in those different fields. Yeah, so when I was in college as an undergrad, I worked pretty closely with one of my professors in the psychological and brain sciences department and we were doing a little bit of um, curriculum development as well as like um, redesign basically trying to take current courses that had been taught and 
trying to integrate one more active learning and then also to integrate more team-based learning so a lot of individual readiness assessments followed by team-based readiness assessments a lot of case-based learning which was a very different type of learning than was done in the department at the time so instead of you know showing up to your neuroscience of behavior class and listening to a lecture every day taking notes and then going home you would come and read a case about someone who has Cushing's disease and what does that mean for um, the underlying neurobiology of it. And so it was just a little, it felt more like practical, more hands-on, more realistic. And so I really enjoyed that. And so together we worked um, on a lot of actually making that transition to improving some of the the case-based learnings that were used, optimizing some of the individual readiness assessments, and then kind of looking at how student feedback changed year to year over, Mm -hmm. or once we had implemented those changes. And so that was a really great experience. And then working on course development itself. So how do you design a syllabus? How do you pick the readings? Those types of, those types of things. So I really enjoyed that. I thought it was very valuable to be involved in curriculum design as a student. And so I was able to go in with the mindset of, okay, if I was taking a neuroscience course in this, I I would want to read this reading. I would find this reading, you know, too long, too difficult to comprehend, but I would really like to do this activity instead. And I feel like you're still getting the same type of learning experience from those. So it's those types of things. It's being able to go in with the mindset of someone who would actually be in that experience and say, hey, this is you know, I mean, and and granted, I can speak from my own personal limited experience and the type of learning I do and don't like to engage in, but you can, you know, look at what students have historically said in the past of activities they liked and didn't like and, and just have, you know, an appreciation for things that students may or may not respond well to. And so that was, that was a really, really interesting experience for me of just being able to say like, if I were to create a syllabus for this class, how would I like to learn this information? Yeah. And so I love that aspect of like curriculum design and development. And so I think that is one thing that I could see myself wanting to be a part of in the future, whether that's you know working in tandem with a med school, once I'm a physician, whether it's continuing to work you know on different initiatives and, and such while here at Michigan. But I just think it's really critical to think from the perspective of the person who's learning the information and not necessarily be in the mindset of, you know, maybe the expert on this topic who has a different level of understanding or different, you know, perspective on like what is the, the best ways to learn this information. I think that's really critical as well is having students involved in curriculum development or like having some input into how they're taught things because they're the ones who are obviously like maybe can't have a a bird's eye view in terms of like how it's going to be important for them as a future physician but can speak to the day-to-day and minutia of like what they're learning and how um, how things are disseminated to them might be uh, beneficial versus not. I think that that's something I'm really interested in too. I'm really interested in medical education and how we can continually try to make things better for future physicians and make things um, more, I don't know, more tailored to different learning styles as well, I think is really important. And I know you mentioned that you're a student council representative. So what sorts of things have you been involved with in um, that capacity? Yeah, so on um, student council, I am one of two 
of the curriculum reps. So mm-hmm. I work with another one of my classmates. And I would say our overarching role is to take integrate student feedback and work with faculty to address concerns and potentially identify areas for curricular improvement or modification in the future. And so a lot of where that comes to fruition is at the end of each of our six blocks of the curriculum in that first year, we would meet with faculty and just discuss, you know, very targeted like areas that we thought are potential places for improvement, both in terms, I think, of a couple different buckets, like one, like actual content. So, you know, these particular content areas students struggled with or these particular lectures, you know, could benefit from, you know, some some type of clarity or, you know, more clear learning objectives, more cl- clear content, etc. So that, so one is just like the content itself and, and where that can be improved. I think second is just like the medical student experience. So, you know, thinking about it more from a logistical perspective. So week two in this block had a lot of small groups, was very in-person there was a lot of in-person activities. There was less time for study, which created yeah. a lot of stress before a quiz, et cetera. Yeah. How can we optimize how we're scheduling these events so that they're, you know, still, we're still fitting them all in, but we're doing so in a way that maybe is more, less stress-inducing for students. So it's kind yeah. of both of those things. It's both like the content and then also like logistically how and when and where it's delivered um, in terms of some of those like other miscellaneous small groups and curricular components that run throughout the year and just kind of working with faculty to provide our perspective, propose potential solutions, and then see which of any of those could be potentially implemented both for future years and then also just like as a back of mind for future blocks, you know, you know, so if we're talking about this in block one, should we keep this in mind for block six, for example? Um, So a lot of a lot of things like that. Yeah. Have there been any changes that you've like seen implemented since your involvement with the, the student council? I think a lot of what we had discussed with them were things to be implemented for the next year. And, yeah. and so is the nature of, you know, yeah. how medical school education and curriculum works. But for example, like identifying specific lectures that were particularly confusing that could benefit from like re-recording identifying certain weeks in the curriculum that maybe had more, um, like I was mentioning, had more scheduled events and being able to say like, you know, can we space those out so that students this year maybe had like less events leading up to a quiz week, Um, working with faculty to discuss review sessions and and how students prefer, you know, review sessions are more like structured and content oriented and how we were able to see, you know, from block one to block six, a transition from review sessions being more like office hours to then by block six, the majority of review sessions being prepared content. So faculty kind of working with us to respond to that feedback that students appreciate that type of prepared content. And, you know, there are things here and there I think throughout the year, more minor things, but a lot of what we had worked with were sort of, um, you know, flagged for improvement in in the next year, Um, which is great to see that those changes are addressed. And it's just so the logistics go of, you know, not being able to make every change in the moment. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So my my first year, we had... um, 
like they you guys do blocks now so you have like multiple organs um organ sequences in one block and you know you have your final exam at the end of the block my first year we did each organ sequence was its own like course so they'd be anywhere from like two to three weeks long and you would have like a final exam at the end of each sequence um and we were quizzed like quizzed or examined every week um which is very intense and so I think from feedback from us especially because then you get really disjointed um teaching as well when each organ sequence is kind of separate from each other so I think um it's really interesting to see the the um iterations of our curriculum as the years go on as well because I think that's it's really changed based on student feedback and hopefully it's changed you know for the better um, yeah so it's always interesting to see what the next year you know kind of what the the differences are for them have you like um encountered any challenges to um like initiating feedback in curriculum development like since you've been a part of the student council I think the biggest challenge that Ozma and I who's the other curriculum rep have come to appreciate is that there are constraints that exist in medical education yeah. that we aren't privy to from the outside looking in until you learn about them and you might not have encountered them you know in prior settings so for example we look at the calendar and say okay this small group is taking place you know on a friday right before a quiz is there any way that we can move this small group to a later week? But because these are you know, clinical faculty who are seeing patients and coming in, they might have closed their clinics you know, weeks in advance so that patients have the opportunity to reschedule, et cetera. And so it's not as malleable as you might hope or wish or think it would be from the yeah. outside. You know, We think, oh, why can't we just change this small group a day? But logistically, that there's a lot of barriers in there given that there's patient care involved in these um, faculty schedules. So that's, I think, is, is one of the barriers. And then, you know, the other one is there are certain there are certain checkpoints that medical schools have to hit just for accreditation. And so, you know, we think, oh, you know, why is this course necessary? Or, you know, why, why is XYZ being done? And a lot of those reasons are, you know, because they are a required component of medical education. And so it's understanding that those barriers exist. And so what may seem from the outside, like the med school not wanting to change or not like willing to change is actually faculty who are incredibly receptive to feedback and eager to address feedback, um, but are a little constrained in what they're willing to do. I think what we've seen very go very positively is um, students who are able to provide, you know, very specific feedback on specific lectures that are either confusing, they're not straightforward, they don't follow clear learning objectives, they don't use inclusive language. When those, you know, very specific instances are able to be raised and um, raised to faculty, they are very eager and willing to address those types of concerns and also very attentive to it. Um, I think particularly working with a lot of the um, DEI initiatives have been very beneficial in helping faculty kind of look through a little bit of a different lens and making sure that the lectures we're presenting are giving us a very inclusive education. And it's obviously, you know, never 100% and something they're always looking to improve on. But Ozma and I have, I think, really witnessed them be very receptive to making improvements on that dimension as well. What sorts of things have you noticed that have been incorporated or things that have been addressed um, from that realm? I think it's a lot of, um, from what we've seen so far, 
um, the language used to address different patients and populations and making sure we're using consistent and appropriate and respectful language based on how students are receiving that information. So when students provide feedback that, you know, when I listen to this particular lecture, this, you know, I, I personally felt that this language was not inclusive or not appropriate, making yeah. sure that we're providing faculty with a consistent messaging on, on what type of language, you know, is appropriate and is inclusive to use and that we're identifying the specific instances when those aren't used. Um, that's been a big one. Um, just because I think it might seem like, you know, it might seem like a basic thing to just change language, but it's it's a very important, I think, experience for us to understand that the way in which the information is received by us and the way it influences how we'll interact with patients and populations in the future. So it's kind of, you know, it's very important to be laying that groundwork now. And I think it's been very, very positive to see faculty wanting to make positive strides in that direction. And then also specifically, I think as we got to later sequences, particularly in dermatology, just seeing how the faculty is continuing to work towards providing more inclusive representations, Mm -hmm. particularly of dermatologic skin findings and understanding how giving us an education that is more inclusive and well-rounded is going to benefit us when we see future patients and being able to help treat them better. And so... I think it was great to see, you know, specifically the dermatology yeah. faculty acknowledge that, you know, we're not we're not there yet, but this is something we're working toward and acknowledging where the shortcomings were and in seeing different presentations of skin findings um, on different tones and colors of skin. And so I think those are some of the big ones and just making sure that right now as we're learning the information, we're doing so in a way that is helping us be cognizant of different identities, different um, patients and populations, and how we'll interact with them in the future. That's really cool. I think that's really powerful and something that's really important to have as part of the curriculum, but also to be attentive to and, and constantly trying to make, you know, changes for the better. Yeah, and and I think the, the great thing about it is that the faculty, what from Ozma and I's experience is that the faculty are receptive to those changes and acknowledging okay. that, you know, it is a continual improvement and and I think hearing the student feedback, we realize we're not like the, the curriculum is not there yet. Yeah. You know, there are shortcomings. And so just continuing to identify and improve on those is seeing having that be their mindset has yeah. been very positive to me yeah. that they want to make that change. Well, that's awesome. And then to just like backtrack a little bit, um, tell me more about your experience working and consulting. Um, how did you get involved in that field and what was your experience like working in it? So I worked two years in healthcare consulting right after graduation, and I knew that I wanted to go to med school. I had taken the MCAT as an undergrad, but just wanted a little more time to not be a student for a couple years, which was a nice breather, and also um, just have an opportunity to, you know, experience something different before going back to school. And so working in healthcare consulting is working with a lot of different companies in like pharma and biotech and helping with different questions or basically different questions that they have and they bring to you. I found my way there just through friends who had um, done internships there in college and was able to like apply through my school to um, to the different companies. But it was a really, really interesting experience. And so I was only there for a couple years, so I didn't have like a ton of experience. But a lot of what we would do is a company, you know, would come to us and have maybe a a drug in a phase one or a phase two trial Mm -hmm. 
or even it would be, you know, in development in preclinical stages. And their question might be something along the lines of, you know, who, what patient population should we target for this drug? And so my job would be to basically talk to physicians throughout the day and just get a better understanding of, you know, if, if a potential drug had this mechanism of action, this efficacy profile, this safety profile, what types of patients would you consider it for? Would you consider it at all? What would make you more or less inclined to consider it? What would you be looking for efficacy or safety? Um, so it was really just interesting to get a little bit of line of sight into physicians' mindsets, I think, to mm-hmm. understand how critical insurance is in a lot of these decisions and the actual patient population you're treating. So not being you know, blind to the fact that any new medication is going to come at some type of cost. And if there mm-hmm. are existing treatment options that are generic and affordable for patients, that how big of a barrier or how big of a factor that is in the decision to, you know, use or not use a new drug. And also just getting a better sense of, you know, how a patient thinks about making a decision for a patient. So it's not just, okay, you know, I have a patient who has metastatic prostate cancer, for mm-hmm. example, and you have this new drug. It's not just what is the efficacy and what is the safety, but, you know, what is this patient's age? What are their comorbidities? What is their quality of life on treatment? What is their insurance status? All of these questions and how all of those things kind of come into one final decision on how a physician thinks about if they would or wouldn't use a new treatment option. And so that was just the part I enjoyed the most was just being able to really get an understanding of the types of considerations that go into clinical decision making. And I was working mostly in oncology and a little bit of um, cardiovascular as well, but a very just, I, I, I think it was a very good just introduction and a different type of way to experience, you know, medicine and in clinical thinking before med school. So a, a really cool experience, something that I, I didn't think I wanted to do long-term, but I'm very grateful for the opportunity that yeah. I had. I mean, that sounds really cool. I feel like it gives you a different like um, perspective on some aspects of healthcare prior to entering medical school. Do you feel like it's given you some sort of like benefit in, in medicine or how do you feel like you take what you've learned from working in that field to kind of transitioning to medical school? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it is understanding, is like just having a, a frame of mind or a mindset for the types of considerations that go into a patient's treatment plan beyond yeah. what their condition is and what the options are. And so getting a better sense for when you might weigh more heavily patient factors versus medical factors and those types of things. I think that's what it has helped me with so far in my like short two weeks that I've had on psychiatry. I think besides the fact, or besides that, it did, I think, sort of spark an interest, at least initially, in oncology. There's just so much development going on in oncology, it seems, every day. And I've been very, very interested in just specifically in my time when I was working in a lot of the new developments that had, go, had been going on, mostly in solid tumor was where I was working. And so being able to see, you know, a lot of the really, really remarkable advances that have been made, um, a lot of the really exciting new treatment options that were kind of in development, and then just understanding, you know, how clinical medicine interacts with 
clinical development and that process. And, and that's kind of why in the back of my mind, I think, you know, I might be down, down the road interested in like outcomes research and just understanding how different factors influence the treatment options patients get, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I think that was really it. It's just like the frame of mindset of like, how do physicians think about treatment decisions and account for patient factors, and then kind of sparking this interest in maybe down the road wanting to do some type yeah. of research. That's really cool. Yeah, I think um, cancer research and like um, n- new treatment modalities is, is really interesting. It's always like a very um, bargaining field and yeah. it's really cool to see some of the stuff that's kind of in development as well. Um, so tell me kind of, I know we've talked a little bit about this, but like what are some of the challenges and some of the highlights that you've experienced um, since starting medical school? I think challenges so far are mostly just because we've only just recently started M2 year. I think a lot of the challenges are are some of the things I mentioned back um, relating to first year of kind of adjusting to this new type of learning where there's just so much to learn. And even, even, you know, this morning, um, I was, I had a, was working with ECT this morning and the fellow had asked me a couple questions and I knew that I knew the questions at one point in time, remember learning them M one year, but did not remember the answer. And then it's like, oh, like you, you just think to yourself, you know, had I maybe had more time, you know, years and years to learn this information, maybe I'd remember it all. And so I think it's adjusting to that of like, just having so much information and trying to figure out like what is and is not most important Mm -hmm. has been definitely a challenge and something that's universal across just med school. And I think the more you see and the more you learn something is great. I think the highlight hands down has been the last two weeks, just being in the hospital, getting to interact with patients, getting to see them every day, getting to see improvements they make, getting to talk to them, getting to be a part of, you know, figuring out how to best optimize their care, how to best figure out what's going to work for them on discharge, being able to check in on them. I just really like that. I think it's been so, I I feel like I've learned more in the last two weeks than I learned in the entire first year, which is kind of crazy to think about. But then also just seeing how what you learn first year actually does translate. And so you can read about, you know, a patient that has dementia and what's the differential for that but it's not until you're standing outside of someone's room and you know you're chatting with the attending and they're kind of walking through this exact process of thinking what could be contributing that you read about in a textbook you know however long ago they're like wow like this is you know in action the information that I'm learning that's been great to see how you know we have laid this foundation first year to be able to understand and be a part of the conversations about patient care but i think it's really just been being able to see people and feel like you're able to or you can at least be a part of the team that's helping them and making sure you're you know working with all these different resources in the hospital to get them you know connected to the right type of people working with social work working with nurses working with uh, pt working with ot and helping figure out like a plan that's really going to work for them on discharge, I think has been a very exciting experience to be a part of and one I'm really, really looking forward to for the rest of the year. I think that's the most rewarding part about medical school is the the clinical care and working with patients and kind of finding your niche, what you want to do within clinical medicine, if, if that's a path you want to go down. And I think I remember that about M2 year, like starting like, wow, this is like what I came to medical school to do and you finally get to see some pieces come together even though our our 
core clerkship year is also very intense obviously like still a lot of studying and a lot of like hard clinical work but I think it's so rewarding which is is I don't know just like the most yeah. exciting time of yeah and it makes the studying easier too I you know yeah, was doing practice sure. questions and they basically I remember one I had seen a patient earlier that day and then had a practice question that was almost identical to the patient we had seen earlier that day and so the recommendations you know what would you do next in the treatment of this patient I was like well we did this I wonder if that's the right answer and then it's like wow like I'm I'm actually learning how how these things work and so that's been a a really it's been cool to see too how you know what you learn outside the classroom actually directly is you know benefiting and and helping the people that you're working with in the hospital I think that's like the most interesting thing about second year is seeing those those two different learning styles like you're you're kind of like working as a clinical student and then studying and those can sometimes feel disjointed but then when you get a question and you're like oh I remember this patient you know or like it sticks in your brain better and I think I'm always curious if that's something that we could you know utilize more of during our preclinical year as Mm -hmm. well as kind of that I don't know learning in a way that's more conducive to to clinical style learning as yeah. well I think would be helpful although our first year is just jam-packed with stuff yeah. it's kind of hard to to get it to 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 work in a way that's going to work for everyone but yeah, totally. um yeah I'm I'm excited to see you know how your second year goes and um is there anything you're like excited about any clerkships that you're most excited about for M2 year I I don't really have a specific one I'm excited for I I think I um I'm looking forward to the peds rotation, not mm-hmm. necessarily even because I think or know I want to be a pediatrician. I just am from a big family, and so I, like, oh, love being yeah. around kids. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but other than that, like, nothing in particular. I think I was just so pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed the first couple weeks of the psych rotation yeah. that I think it just makes me more excited for each subsequent one yeah. and kind of the unexpected and, you know, will I like it or will I not like it? And I had gotten like really great advice from a med student who had given me my my orientation for psych. And he had, you know, just basically said, I try to, you know, he, he was giving us his advice that he said, you know, I just try to show up each day and think like, is this something I would want to do for the rest of my life? And as long as every day you're showing up and, and trying to do the best you can for the patients that you see and having like a positive attitude and and thinking um about like them first like you're going to have an enjoyable experience whatever the clerkship is even if it's not the thing you end up realizing you want to do with your life and so just trying to keep that in mind too that for the first time you know we're actually a part of helping patients and we we have you know, some some level of knowledge from first year that we're able yeah. to work with the teams to actually like help develop a plan and, and help support patients wherever they are, yeah. whatever they are here for, wherever they're at. And so I think that has been kind of a, a really exciting position to be in of finally feeling like you're able to have some positive impact. I agree. I think that's the right attitude to have for M2 year. And I remember... I think I liked everything that ever like every rotation I had because I just kind of showed up with that attitude and I mean there's definitely stuff where I was like you know I, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life or even for longer than I have this clerkship you know but I, I remember just enjoying like every patient I took care of and really enjoying the clinical aspect of care and I think that's the right attitude to have in terms of it'll help you get through M2 mm-hmm. year two when it when things are difficult is just kind of showing up for the patients and showing up and trying to do your best. 
thank you so much for sharing your story. It was great to, to talk with you today. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Distant Moon, Stories of Healthcare Education. You can find us on oxycardia.com, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.